The AFC arms race continues this offseason, and how do you combat star NFL quarterbacks with star pass rushers? What's going on free agency? Big name defensive ends. Von Miller has signed. Chandler Jones has signed. There are trades. Big money, and who's still available out there on the free agent market? And two teams out, one emerging as maybe the spot that Houston will finally trade Deshaun Watson to. All that and more coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We will get to some of your Twitter questions eventually. All the news around the NFL, Matt, is just uh, too much fun to cover this week. And we have some more clarification on quarterbacks. We'll get to that a little bit later, just in case something breaks while we're on the air, because that tends to happen. So uh, segment three here at the end of the show, we'll try to make sense of the Deshaun Watson stuff. I think there's clarity. We might have landed on a team, but we will see. First, though, we got to talk about edge rushers, because... A flurry of edge rush signings yesterday, and I want to start actually not with the biggest names at the top, but with the Baltimore Ravens because, man, (laughs) just we talked about the comp picks and the Baltimore Ravens doing a really good job of gaming the comp pick system. And I don't think there's a better example of it than what just happened yesterday with Zadarius Smith, a former Baltimore Raven that left and then came back. And guess what? They don't have to worry about losing any comp pick equation stuff with uh, signing Zadarius Smith because he was released by the Green Bay Packers. So it's just like the perfect, like you gain something when you let him go and you don't have right. to give anything up when you bring him back. It's perfect. It's so Raven. It, it, it's phenomenal. It's so very Raven-like. I mean, their love for comp picks warms my heart. I mean, I just love how they do it. It's, they're so conscientious of it. He leaves. You get a good comp pick. A couple years later, he comes back. It doesn't hurt your comp pick equation. And you have Zedaria Smith, who's really good and fits perfectly with what they do, of course. I was telling you off the air that I'm really fond of what the Ravens have done this offseason. And Morgan Moses, you just plug him in at right tackle. He plays every snap. You know, he's fine. I mean, he's a middle-of-the-road right tackle. And he plays, he never misses time. He's durable. He's tough. That's immensely valuable, especially if Stanley comes back on the left side in his full health. I know his injury was quite bad. Um, and then Marcus Williams, I think we talked about the other day, is such a Ravens free safety. I mean, starting with Ed Reed to Earl Thomas, they've always had that middle, the middle hole defender, and he's one of the best in the league at it. Now they have an elite secondary. Their pass rush is a lot better. Their O line is you know, in good shape. Um, you know, back to the comp pick story, they have tons of mid round picks this year as well because of comp pick, you know, shenanigans last year. And, you know, a healthy Lamar and Dobbins and Peters and Humphrey and the wealth of injuries they have. I told you, I, I put a couple bucks on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl yesterday. I mean, I think they're the most slept on team in the league. And even when people talk about the AFC quarterbacks, it's always Herbert and Burrow and Mahomes and Allen. Lamar's really good. I I just feel like this team has been forgotten. I really like that bet. 
and they haven't done such huge things that it makes you go, oh, wow, the Ravens are so much better than they were last year. But the Ravens, by right. doing nothing, will be so much better than they were last year. It's almost somewhat <laughs> right. amazing what right. they were able to do with all the injuries and the stuff they went through. And, oh, yeah, they've got one of those quarterbacks. they got one of those dudes the teams are right. scurrying to try to find right now this offseason. Unbelievably well-coached, extremely strong organization, great culture. I mean, we're riddled with injuries last year, starting in, you know, training camp. I mean, just huge things. You lose every running back. You know, you're handing the ball to Devontae Freeman and Ladarius, you know, Latavius Murray in the run heaviest you know, team in the league. You know, like bad injuries, a defense that was built around man coverage corners and blitzing. And you lose all your corners. You know, like their injuries were massive. And I just think that this is a real sleeping giant. And it was even, it was like a month or two ago. Sometimes the locked on network will send us all a questionnaire, you know, and they accumulate the data. And I just remember the one question was who, what team's going to be the most improved in 2022. And I immediately put the Ravens and now I feel much stronger about it. I think it was 9 million a year for Zadarius Smith, which is a nice little bit for what he went through last year with the injury concerns. So they gave him a legitimate contract there. And it wasn't just a one-year show-me deal for Zadarius with the Ravens. Some other big money being thrown around at defensive ends. And um, this one is shocking. We'll get to the Raiders in a second, who made multiple moves yesterday. But Von Miller signing with the Buffalo Bills, something that nobody really saw coming. He was talking on social media about going back to the Broncos and if he was going to get the same lockers he had before. Now he's ending up in Buffalo. Six years, $120 million, Matt. That, that contract, I have a feeling, is much different than what it looks like on the surface, right? That, that can't be a six-year contract at $20 million per for Von Miller. I don't know how that you know adds up. I'm not sure what's, what's going on with that, but... This is an in-it-to-win-it move. I mean, their first two picks last year were edge rushers. You know, I mean, they're going all out in terms of getting after the quarterback, a really deep defensive line rotation, which is perfect for an older guy, you know, like a Miller. I mean, I don't think they're going to ask him to play every snap. Go go out there and hunt Mahomes in the championship game or, you know, deal with Lamar. I just talked about the Ravens. Um, I love it. You know, a lot of their moves are very methodical and well thought out and smaller moves. And like the Ravens, I think they're a really smart organization. But once in a while, you just kind of push your chips in the middle and say, let's go win this thing. It's looking like the Bills had to do something a little extra to get Von Miller to go all the way to Buffalo and, and leave the western side of the United States. He's been in, in uh, Denver and spent last year winning a Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams. But uh, it sounds like they had to go somewhere with, with guaranteed money early in the contract, and I have a feeling that's looking like, yeah, here we go. I found a little breakdown here that makes a lot more sense. Oh, okay. Sense. So, I don't understand that deal. So the, the the end of the contract is one of those that he's not going to see, period, at his okay. age. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's um, he's in his 30s already. He's not going to see that he's 33. He's not going to be getting $20 million a year at 39 by the Buffalo Bills. I, I would I would guess so this could become a three-year, $53 million contract, which puts him at a little over $17 million per season. That adds up. And now you start to look at the money that Chandler Jones got, which is a three-year, 51, which is $17 million a year. Okay, now we're talking $17 million a year, 
three-year contracts, it's looking like almost the same exact deal that Chandler Jones got is the same deal that Von Miller got. So that makes a little bit more sense. That makes a ton of sense. And I think they're basically equal players at this age. You know, I mean, I wouldn't ask either one to play every snap, but they're both really good. Um, I mean, Von Miller, <laughs> obviously he's a Hall of Famer. I think that's a done deal. But he won the Super Bowl last year. I think he's got a really good chance to win another in Buffalo. I mean, he could end up with three rings or more. I mean, and all of the top edge rushers are in the AFC and most of them in the AFC West. Harold Landry re-upped with the Tennessee Titans five years, 87 and a half. Uh, Hassan Reddick went to the Philadelphia Eagles. So he's staying in the NFC. That's about the only one. Emmanuel Ogba, Miami Dolphins, four years, 65 million. Randy Gregory did a flip-flop with the Dallas Cowboys. He ended up in Denver, five years, $70 million. Interesting that the Broncos... It seems like they would rather have Randy Gregory than Von Miller. So I, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure why, but yeah. okay. Yeah. And and then Chandler Jones, who sent Yannick Ngakwe away, and they released Carl Nassib. So they really changed their defensive end room there. They already have Max uh, Crosby, and now they're going to add Chandler Jones on the other side. So... Uh, good luck, Russell Wilson. You want to go to the AFC West? Okay. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you already got Khalil Mack showed up yeah. in the AFC West. Khalil Mack showed up with the Chargers. Chandler Jones now with the Las Vegas Raiders. And then they flip Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts for cornerback Rocky Sid. So that is uh, what it's looking like in the landscape of pass rushers and a lot of powerhouse rushers now in the AFC and a lot of them in the AFC West. Wow. And we all, everyone always talks about, look at all the cornerbacks in the AFC West. And it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. When Derek Carr is number four, that's awesome. But what do you do to combat that? You bring in pass rushers. It's not an accident that these guys are all in the same division trying to fight for one, you know, one ring there in in the division. Um, To the Raiders, he's older than Ndokwe, but I think Chandler Jones is a superior player. Uh, I think we need to realize that they also have a massive, scheme change going on they're not going to just play cover three like it's seattle you know 10 years ago like they always have they're going to change things up on defense and so they're going to have to do some some changing you know i mean the 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 seahawk cover three things a thing of the past and they were a dinosaur running it um the rocky sin for nadokwe thing when i saw that i assumed there'd be a draft pick involved headed to the raiders but it's i think it's just more of a salary cap dump and your sin's fine, you know, you add them to the equation, but obviously on game day, Nadokwe is worth more than Rocky Sin. But <laughs> it brings me to Yannick Nadokwe. I mean, I, I, all of a sudden, the Colts have some nice edge rushers with Putty Pay, and they drafted another D end in the second round. Nadokwe is what? You said he's 26. He turns 27 he, in 15 days. That is, I don't even understand how it's possible. Was he 19 when he came into the league? <laughs> right, right. I mean, this guy's been on like a dozen teams. Is he no fun to be around? Does he not shower? I mean, does he have bad breath? I mean, like, why does nobody want this guy? I, there, there, there's something to that because he's too good of a pass right. rusher. Well, Gus Bradley is the Colts defensive coordinator. And I think he had him in Jacksonville and uh, Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. There you go. There's the connection. So maybe that's a connection. Maybe those two, maybe there's nothing wrong with the Dockway. Bradley's just in love with him. <laughs> yeah, Bradley just wants to keep boarding him, and, and he likes uh, he likes him on his defense. So maybe that's just it. Uh, maybe, but it's odd. I mean, because he's a good player. It's not like he's a bum that gets cut. People give things up for Ndokwe, and he just goes, changes teams like every six months. 
More on the defensive lineman in free agency. One star defensive end still unsigned. A couple of really good defensive tackles still unsigned. Some big money on the interior as well. And I think we know where Deshaun Watson might land now. Coming up. It's that time of year again. College basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. Bet Online is the number one source for all your betting needs and information. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, even podcasts and news for the 2022 season. The tournament is so much fun to wager on, but there's also pro basketball bet online is also your source for football betting yeah you can still bet on draft props and super bowl futures at bet online uh not only football and basketball but hockey and boxing and ufc and including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games so head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday. In less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this program is. And by the way, Ngakwe had 10 sacks last year with the Raiders. So, yeah, still playing at a high level yeah. and still very young. That's so strange. Um, another guy who's surprisingly still young despite what's going on in his career and still available right now on that edge market is Jadavian Clowney and this is just like the the annual thing now Jadavian Clowney is the last defensive end to sign I don't like teams don't know what to do with them teams don't know what to pay for him he's asking too much I don't know what it is but Jadavian Clowney now still out there on the free agent market we'll see what he ends up getting I don't know if you and I have talked about Jadavian Clowney but during this season every Thursday night I host a Steeler preview show and one of the segments is with Merrill Hodge and we have this running joke about Jadavian Clowney because he's like Merrill's least favorite player in the whole league. Like, if you bring up Clowney, <laughs> Merrill will go on for 10 minutes about him. He's like, he makes me crazy, but he's also my favorite player to watch in the whole league because if he plays 10 snaps, three or four of them, he does the wrong thing. He just does the wrong assignment. And then he... <laughs> His hands are on his helmet, and he yells at himself. And, and then two plays, he just takes off because he doesn't feel like playing. And then two plays, he just blows somebody up like it's the Michigan game. And then the other two, he kind of does his job, and he's fine. You know, like, it's all or nothing. This guy's all over the place. Yeah. And I, I don't think people realize how volatile of a player Clowney is. It's amazing. And, yeah, it probably yeah. makes defensive coordinators pull their hair out. But, man, Without you question. can really put together a highlight tape for him, but you can really put together a low-light tape for him as well. Absolutely. And he's a stud versus the run. People don't give him credit for that. He's never going to be a Von Miller edge bender type guy, but you can line him up over a guard and he can walk him right back to the, the quarterback. I mean, you see why he was the first overall pick, but he's maddening if you watch. If you just isolate on him on all 22 tape, you can understand why he's unemployed or has changed teams as much as he has. Akeem Hicks and Calais Campbell still out there. Campbell, you could call him an end or a defensive tackle. I've been surprised how much money, $10 million a year, some of these more nose tackle-like players that are only playing yeah, yeah. you know, 50% of the snaps on their team's defense 
uh, a lot of money going toward defensive linemen and even the interior guys, even the the more the two gapper types and the two down types and the one down types even uh, in some cases. So that's really interesting. And Akeem Hicks and Calais Campbell might be the top of the market there. But if you look at what Fatu Kasi got and BJ Hill and DJ Jones and Sebastian Joseph Day uh, and all of these guys, uh, yikes. I mean, I, I think maybe some teams that might have wanted to go down that road are, are rethinking things with the age of Hicks and Campbell and thinking, man, we got to go 10 plus million dollars for these guys. And so maybe that's why the market's slow to develop for them at the top. Well, I, I think there's a couple layers here and I'm glad you brought it up because the newest defense sweeping the league is the Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio gap and a half cover four, light boxes. Um, the Rams were awesome with it. And in order to pull that off, as the Chargers found out this past year, you need beef in the middle because you're not playing with you're, you're playing with a very light box. It's designed to take away the big play. So now people are getting hired all over the place, and this you know as, as is the case in the NFL, these trends start to really you know snowball and get bigger and bigger, and more teams run it, and everyone realizes I need a big body in the middle, and I'm willing to pay for it. But one of the beauties of running that scheme originally was, well, I can get a nose tackle for $2 million a year. That's a really good player. Well, now the league is, of course, is adjusting, and now they're giving them $10 million a year, which I kind of like. I mean, I, I think the Will Forks and Hamptons of the world, even though they don't rush the passer, ha- still have a place in the league. A really good player for a long time at that position is Brandon Williams, who's out there as well. Uh, I haven't been yeah. watching him as much lately, but he was one of my favorites, man. Just like the the way he was built, the bowling ball coming out of small school. And I remember scouting him. And that was like a big win for young scout Brian Peacock watching uh, Brandon Williams be like, that dude is legit. I would pay a lot for that guy in the draft. And, and nobody was talking about him. And he's so good for the Ravens for a long time. And I wonder uh, if there's still a market for him or I don't know if he's still playing at that level because he's getting up there in age as well. I'm not certain either. I think there might be injury stuff with him, but I'm kind of making that up on the fly. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the, the Side note, I mean, he is a bizarre body type. Amazing. And I, I just mentioned Casey Hampton. I mean, when I was at Pitt those three years, Big Hamp was, at, uh, was with the Steelers, and I'd get out of my car next to Hampton, you know, just in street clothes and look at him and be like, could you imagine trying to block one of these human beings? I mean, they're just so low and thick and just there's nothing to hit. And it's just sheer power. They're like an anvil. And he's six one, like 350, but it was a gym. His shoulders are like the side, you know, like a wall. <laughs> he's a bully ball. He's wider than he is tall. But he's also he was like a gymnast athletically coming out. It was oh, really? crazy how he could move and, and the things he could do. Uh, so 33 years old for Brandon Williams. He's been one of my favorites for a while. I wonder if he'll uh, get a get a contract again with the Ravens, or if he'll he'll uh, get a chance to play somewhere else for the first time. Yeah, I would imagine all those dudes will end up somewhere. I mean, Calais Campbell can still play. Hicks can still play. He's missed some time. Um, maybe those older dudes too are just kind of taking their time and picking and choosing where they want to go. I tend to think one of them's going to end up in Baltimore too. Yeah, we talked about Clowney. Uh, you're looking at linebackers, Bobby Wagner still out there. Uh, you know, and he he played. I thought he was maybe going to be done, and then last year he started playing at a really high level again. So I, I think he's got a little bit left, depending on how long he wants to play. And Stephon Gilmore in the corner corner market. So every position group on defense has you know this 
sort of ex-star player who's getting older, but that is still available, that's probably wanting the same money that all these younger guys are getting, and maybe teams are a little hesitant to, to sign the older guys, or maybe it's just length of contract that's really holding it back, and, and teams want to pay him one or two years, and they want that three- or four-year deal. Yeah, I think that there's obviously a trend there. I mean, I think you're 100% right about that. And maybe if you're up in age and you have a great career and millions and millions in the bank, you'd want to play for Buffalo or Kansas City or Green Bay or some, you know, you'd go get a ring. Yeah, we, we might see some ring-chasing short-term deals on those, and uh, so the rich get richer in that case. And it pays. And, and Trent Baalke actually saw a quote from him today, and he's like, yeah, Hopefully someday we're good enough to where we don't have to do this in free agency. So even Trent Baalke, the GM of the Jaguars, knows what they're doing isn't really a great idea. But they're, they, yeah. they're forced to do it to compete. They they are, I guess. But, man, I, I can't still give Zay Jones that kind of contract. <laughs> it's still, yeah, it's still hard to fathom. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of outs in these contracts, and, and we'll see what they end up looking like uh, at the end of the day when we get all the numbers, the true numbers, not the ones that the agents first leak for all of these contracts. But True, good point. Uh, let's talk quarterbacks. I think we have some clarity on Deshaun Watson. Let's double-check to make sure he hasn't been officially traded now, but it's looking like it's going in a certain direction for his oh, next home. Super and, quick. I oh, like the Miles Jack trade or pick oh, up for yes. my Steelers, too. I'm pretty happy about there. that. I meant to go there with the with the linebackers when I brought that up and I forgot. Yeah, Miles Jack. Uh, quick, that, yep. that looks like it's – is it a one-year deal? Uh, I have. I think it's a two. A two. Uh, I think okay. It's a two, and it's for pretty big money. It's like eight or nine million a year. So, oh I mean, no, that's so. That one is, I think, structured in a way. And he wasn't on my list because he was released he was cut, and not. Yeah. So he doesn't, doesn't count towards the, the comp pick. The comp pick equation next year for the Steelers, and uh, I believe what I saw the way it's structured is the the Steelers can get out of it, and it's not super expensive for year one. And if he plays well, then he'll earn that second year of the contract. So that's actually okay. you know a perfect yeah. way to, for them to uh, to work that contract out. I think. Yeah, they've made some really good moves in my opinion. I, I like know I'm super done. biased, but I, I I like the Steelers offseason a lot. Yeah, didn't go with the overpay early guys. They kind of waited for day two and waited for some free agents to come to them, and they got good players at deals that make sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, addressing right. needs. Absolutely. If only they had a quarterback. Let's talk QBs. All right, let's, go to, <laughs> uh, let's talk uh, Deshaun Watson. It's looking like I think I know which team he's going to end up on, which will be a domino that really finalizes, I think, a lot of things for a lot of these teams now at quarterback, and we might have some clarity going into the NFL draft. We'll get to that next. Now is the perfect time to make sure your vehicle is up to the task. Make sure you got the right wiper blades in there, your tires are on point safety for you and your family keep your car running smooth and get everything you need at rockauto.com an amazing selection easy to navigate website reliably low prices you don't need to look any further than rockauto.com classic cars your daily driver everything you need for your car or truck they're a family-owned business been around for 20 years helping you find parts online at rockauto.com no different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Reliably low prices. Right locked on in the box so they know we sent you. Go fix up that old car. Keep your new car running. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need. Matt, I want to rewind one day. Last time we got together and talked about this stuff with Deshaun Watson and what was going on with the four finalist teams. And I asked you the question, okay, well, if you're Deshaun... 
And if the for the Texans, they all got the offers or else they couldn't meet with Deshaun Watson. They all got the offers they were okay with. So it's up to Deshaun Watson to pick his landing spot. I asked you, what do you think about these organizations? Where would you want to go? And you said probably the New Orleans Saints would be your choice, yeah. right? And it's looking more and more like that might actually be Deshaun Watson's choice as well as he goes through this whole process. According to Mike Garofolo, the Browns have been informed they're out of the running for Deshaun Watson, the source says. The team still views Baker Mayfield as their quarterback going forward. They told Mayfield's agents at the Combine they'd only explore top-tier quarterbacks such as Watson. So we'll see how Baker Mayfield feels about that. Um, that yeah. is, and I think Peter Bukowski had a really good quote on this when all this was going on with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and it's sort of the flip-flop version of it. But he's basically like, okay, go tell your wife that you're not going to leave her, but if you did, you know who it would be for. And see how that conversation goes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I think that's really funny. And that's kind of what the uh, the Browns did to Baker Mayfield here. Is like they're... They're trying to get better than you, and they let your representation know that. And so that is a dicey situation. We'll see if Baker Mayfield is on the move, even though it looks like Deshaun Watson not going to the Cleveland Browns. And it looks like there's also reports now that the Carolina Panthers, which I thought would have been a very logical choice and, and, and made a lot of sense for Deshaun Watson, barring a Hail Mary is the wording used in this report, the Carolina Panthers are out for Deshaun Watson. That leaves the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. And I think you and I both agreed the Falcons were the one of the four teams that didn't make the, the most sense. Were they just trying to drive up the price for the other teams in the NFC South? And then the New Orleans Saints, Gail Benson. So you got ownership flying to meet Deshaun Watson now today. So that seems like all the arrows are pointing to Deshaun Watson maybe being the next quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. I think you have to throw out there too that the owner is female. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure she wants to be comfortable with mm. Watson. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I think mean, that huge. that has to be a factor. Um, real quick, back to what Peter said, it's kind of like, hey, hon, you know, this is a great marriage. We've built a good thing here, but if that gorgeous woman at the end of the cul-de-sac, who's also a surgeon and makes three million a year, would have me, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> I don't know that Baker's cool with that. You know what I mean? And we get to him in a minute, but I keep thinking about this Watson thing more than I should, of course. And I'm, I love the saints equation. I mean, if they don't give up too much in the player department, I think that makes them a big time contender, but I don't know how you don't give up some sort of foundational player. I mean, okay. You can have my first and second this year, my first and second next year. Yeah, that's nice. And what else? I mean, what I've seen, uh, I did see, and I don't know, I don't think I'll be able to find it quick enough, but what I saw mm -hmm. was three firsts and Marcus Davenport. Do you think that gets it done? Wow. See, I was trying to come up with names I would ask for if I were Houston. I don't want Kamara. I don't want Michael Thomas. No. And I don't think the Saints can get rid of Michael Thomas now, considering they're wide receivers and they're not going to have a first-round pick. Like, I know they're kind of expensive, but I was going to say, like, Lattimore or Ramchek, someone who's still pretty young but yeah. is a stud. Yeah, Lattimore I mean? would make some sense. So, yeah, Davenport, Ramchek, Lattimore, young but still going to be good for a while players 
would be it. And yeah, and, and really, it's still, it's still probably more about the picks, but getting a couple foundational players would be huge, or at least one foundational player. So, yeah, yeah. that'll be interesting. And, yeah, a lot of the older veteran, really good players, and Tron Armstead's a free agent, so he, he's not part of it. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I guess they're, that would kind of make some sense if Davenport was the name there. Yeah, it would. I mean, and he's still a first contract guy. You know, I mean, maybe that would make some sense. They drafted uh, another big defensive end, you know, last year in the first round, too, that's in that mold, you know, as a Cam Jordan, heir apparent type dude. So, yeah, uh, I mean, three firsts in Davenport. Throw in your second this year, and we'll, and we got a deal. It's interesting that the, the Eagles never popped up in this whole thing for Watson. And, by the way, Howie Roseman, Eagles GM, getting a three-year extension. Uh, you know, that if the Eagles were in on this, I would have seen that in st- extension and thought, oh man, the Eagles are giving him extension because he worked this whole deal and, and got Deshaun Watson. I would have thought that was some connection. So maybe they just, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Howie Roseman's done an interesting job there. They're extending him. I think that might be a little premature. That's a, that's yeah. a topic for another day, maybe. But, it is. Um, okay, so let's say Saints end up with Deshaun Watson. Which will happen as soon as we stop recording. Of course it will, I'm sure. So let's pretend that's happening right now. Um, Baker Mayfield, this is not done. The the Baker Mayfield now probably can really put the Browns' hand to the fire and say, well, trade me now. I'm done. And that would really put the onus on the Browns to do something before the draft. And could Baker maybe go to one of those teams that didn't end up with Deshaun Watson? Like maybe Baker to, to Carolina. Does that make sense? I think Indy and Seattle make more sense, but I could certainly see where Carolina would be interested. I just think Indy thinks we could contend with Mayfield. You know, we're going to run the ball a lot. We just added the pass rush. Defense is pretty good. Um, Mayfield might be better than what we played with last year or at least similar. Um, And then I bring up Seattle because where they sit right now, and I know they've come out and said, we loved Drew Locke in the draft. Fine. Okay. Yeah, all right. Sure. Good luck. Have I mean, fun I get with that. that. <laughs> but there's a couple teams, and it kind of hits home because this is a Steeler thing that they're never going to quote tank. They're never going to be. I mean, Pete Carroll's never going to be like, uh, let's just punt on the season. I mean, that organization just isn't going to do that. That's the way. That's the nature of them. Trust me. I hear it every day. Why don't the Steelers just trade everybody and tank and get the first overall pick? It's never going to happen, folks. You know, just I don't think Seattle's built that way either with their coach GM ownership either. So I think Seattle would say, give us Mayfield and we'll take our chances as opposed to drafting Malik Willis and hope it works out two years from now when Pete Carroll's 76 or whatever he is, you know, and the Browns have put themselves in a bad spot because I don't know what they can Real ask spot. for Mayfield because I don't think they want to give him up for a fifth round pick. And I don't know if teams right. are going to want to give him what they probably think he's worth. And if you go back to pre-injury, uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, he, I think it's a good reclamation project for a team. And maybe, you know, uh, um, a, a smack in the face and, and a wake-up call for Baker Mayfield. So I think it would make a lot of sense for a team like Seattle to go get a buy-low Baker Mayfield and maybe get a, a more motivated Baker Mayfield. And, um, you know, and potentially that could be a big win for the Seahawks. And then what do the Browns do if they, you know, that's the next domino. So now what do the Browns do if they do trade him away? Do they go Jimmy G? And it's really interesting that the Colts and the Browns might be the last two teams that don't have a quarterback here. And both of them would have moved on from their last quarterback because they 
uh, they needed an adult in the room, quote unquote. That was the Mort right, report right. yesterday. Um, the Chris Ballard talking about leadership and, and and all the things the Colts wanted in their quarterback. So you know, is that point toward Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for those teams? So there there's still a lot of movement here, and this Watson thing will really, I think, make uh, all of that happen very quickly. Yes, and so I guess really my last note on this whole carousel is. You know, the quote I read last night was the Jimmy G sweepstakes is the Colts and the Colts. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, But I think it's good for your Niners that if Baker leaves town, now maybe it's the Colts and the Browns. And instead of a third round pick, you get a second round pick or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. you get a little more for them. Um, However, and I bring this up all the time, forgive me for saying it again. The Browns offense is so expensive that... Maybe it's Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other thing. What do the Browns have the 14th pick, right, in the draft? Yeah, I mean, somebody will be there, or you trade up a little. You know, the way they pay their tight ends and everybody else and trading for Amari Cooper, and I think it's the most expensive O-line in the league. It certainly was with Treader. Maybe you need a quarterback on his rookie deal. I'm just looking around one last time to make sure <laughs> nothing has happened before we stop recording. Uh, but very interesting offseason nonetheless, and uh, got a feeling a domino, a big domino is going to fall in the next uh, 24 hours and probably in the next hour after we stop recording. Deshaun Watson. And then there's, then there's like the Winston Mariota type still looming out there, too. They're like, still out there, and they've been connected to yeah. multiple teams, and yeah. um, that might be preferable to some teams like Seattle or uh, Indianapolis than trading for a guy is just signing one of those guys and, and taking their chances. Yeah, or maybe a team that didn't think that they had a quarterback need signs a Winston or Mariota and throws them in the equation. Or I, I don't know. Or maybe the teams out there say, well, let's finish our draft evaluation and we'll call you back about these other quarterbacks if so-and-so isn't there for us when we pick in round one. Yeah. I thought Winston would be more desirable than maybe he is, and maybe that's injury-related. Yeah, it's it's tough because if the Saints get Watson, I, I I you know there's such a gap there that I could see it, but that's why Jimmy G to the Saints didn't make a lot of sense because clearly they would have not liked Winston, and that's what they would have been telling us. And, and the fact that they didn't mm-hmm. just go sign Winston right away tells us that they were at least you know wanted to make sure that they they couldn't go get a, a quarterback they liked even more than Jameis Winston. So yeah, uh, and Mariota too. How quickly. How quickly the Steelers went with Trubisky and not either one of those other guys. It was very clear that the Steelers' plan all along was Trubisky. Yeah, they didn't even consider the other players, it sounds no, like. So, very interesting. No, I mean, I think they targeted on one dude and attacked it. You know, that was who they wanted from day one. It wasn't Watson. It wasn't Rodgers. You know, yeah. So eventually we'll get back to the NFL draft stuff. We still want to talk linebackers, Matt Williamson's top five corners, safeties in the NFL draft. We'll check back in on those prospects with uh, what they did at the combine at those positions. And we've got pro day circuit happening now as well. So GMs and front offices and scouts are super busy this week around the NFL. And it never stops in the league, Matt. That's why we can do it every day. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen for your second listen. Check out Locked On NFL Draft talking about the draft every single day here on the network. I'm doing Locked On 49ers. If you're not a 49ers fan, that's okay. Your team is covered here on the network. Matt is doing the Locked On Dynasty podcast as well. Matt and I will finish up the week tomorrow right here. Peacock Williamson.